Dear loving Father in heaven, we give glory to your name once again for your mercy, your love, and your kindness. And we cannot stop thanking you, Lord, for giving us the privilege of life and for the blessings that you give to us spiritually through the word of God that blesses our lives on a daily basis. Lord, bless us again. We cannot have enough of your word. And we pray that today, as we fellowship with you, you would add more to our lives that would fashion us into the image of our dear, loving Savior, Jesus Christ. Put your words in my mouth, dear Lord. Grant all of us of your spirit and help us to rightly divide the word of truth. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, September 17, Unholy Alliance Our God shall fight for us. Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 20 The restoration of the defenses of Jerusalem did not go forward unhindered. Satan was working to stir up opposition and bring discouragement. But taunts and ridicule, opposition and threats seemed only to inspire Nehemiah with firmer determination and to arouse him to greater watchfulness. He recognized the dangers that must be met in this warfare with their enemies, but his courage was undaunted. We made our prayer unto our God, he declares, and set a watch against them day and night. Beside Nehemiah stood a trumpeter, and on different parts of the wall were stationed priests bearing the sacred trumpets. The people were scattered in their labors, but on the approach of danger at any point, a signal was given for them to repair thither without delay. So we labored in the work, Nehemiah says and half of them held the spears from the rising of the morning till the stars appeared. Nehemiah and his companions did not shrink from hardship or trying service. Neither by day nor night, not even during the short time given to sleep did they put off their clothing or lay aside their armor. The opposition and discouragement that the builders in Nehemiah's day met from open enemies and pretended friends is typical of the experience that those today will have who work for God. Christians are tried not only by the anger, contempt and cruelty of enemies but by the indolence, inconsistency, lukewarmness and treachery of avowed friends and helpers. Satan takes advantage of every unconsecrated element for the accomplishment of his purposes. Among those who profess to be the supporters of God's cause, 
there are those who unite with his enemies and thus lay his course open to the attacks of his bitterest foes. Even some who desire the work of God to prosper will yet weaken the hands of his servants by hearing, reporting, and half-believing the slanders, boasts, and menaces of his adversaries. The response of faith today will be the response made by Nehemiah, Our God shall fight for us. For God is in the work, and no man can prevent its ultimate success. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Unholy Alliance. And the words that encapsulate what we are looking at, to, looking at today is these words in the devotion that says, The restoration of the defenses of Jerusalem did not go forward unhindered. Satan was working to stir up opposition and bring discouragement. We must also expect that as we try to go forward in reform, there will be obstacles to meet. So what was the nature of this obstacle and what were the plans made to meet them? Remember how we have already seen that Nehemiah was not one who just depended on miracles and luck for him to have success. He was a strategist. He had his tactics. He ensured that he laid down his plans in preparation for the risks that he was to face and the threats that opposed his work. And he didn't just relax, but those tactics and strategies were put in place. Let us read now Nehemiah chapter 4, reading from verse 1. It says, But it came to pass that when Sanballat had heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. So here we find one way that the devil will want to oppose the work of reform, mockery. I'll go on. Verse 2. And he spake before his brethren, the army of Samaria, and said, What do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? Now Tobiah the Ammonite was by him, and he said, Even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. And Nehemiah said, Hear, O our God, for we are despised, and turn their reproach upon their own head, and give them for a prey in the land of captivity, and cover not their iniquity, and let not their sin be blotted out from before thee, for they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. So, these two men, and later some others like Geshon, this Sambalat and Tobiah, the Ammonite and the Samaria, they were enemies of the work, and they came against it. This is how people may come against us when we begin the work of reform. They may mock us when they find out that we have decided to leave, leave the old life of sin and to start to live in righteousness. The book of 1 Peter 4 verse 1 to 5 already explained this to us. It says, Since Christ suffered physically, you too must strengthen yourselves with the same way of thinking that he had. 
because whoever suffers physically is no longer involved with sin that is suffers in the flesh is no longer involved in sin from now on then you must live the rest of your earthly lives controlled by god's will and not by human desires you have spent enough time in the past doing what the hidden like to do your lives were spent in indecency lust drunkenness orgies drinking parties and the disgusting worship of idols and now the hidden are surprised when you do not join them in the same wild and reckless living and so they insult you but they will have to give an account of themselves to God, who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Amen. Does this encapsulate your experience? Maybe you are a child in your home and you have heard the words, let us build. And you have looked at the walls of Jerusalem in your life and the gates burnt. And then you say, I want to build. And now you have begun to build. And there comes your brother or your sister. Or there comes your mother or your father or there comes a friend of yours and they stop you on the road and say what are you doing who brainwashed you that was a question that one of my close friends asked me he asked me who brainwashed you what is this you are doing you don't want to join us to go to watch football again and to go to the entertainment and enjoy the violence and the lust and the lechery of the people of the world why don't you want to join us and then in 1 Peter 4 verse 1 verse 2 there, we are told, live your life controlled by the will of God. Verse 3 tells us that the time passed, enough time we have spent in doing these things. We want to build the walls now. We are building it, we are laying down the foundation, we are leaving all this party going and the orgies and the drunkenness and the disgusting worship of idols in the sports and uh, indecency and lust. We are leaving those things but the hidden are surprised. And then they want to mock us. Your husband may mock you. Or as a man, your wife may mock you. Your friends. Because of health reform. They will want to see what you are eating. And they will mock both you and your food and your body size. Some will ask you, are you suffering from HIV? Somebody asked me that once and I know some other people who have been asked such questions. Just to mock you and make you change your mind. That was what Sambalat and Tobias were doing to the Israelites to make them feel bad about what they are doing. You see, this thing is what we all face. All of us will die someday, they will say. All dying or die. Why are you going in this health reform? What are you eating? Do you want to kill yourself? And then when you choose to reform in the indecency and now become decent in your dress and in your speech and in your conduct, they will get irritated and then they will say you are a fanatic, you are an extremist, you, you are a deluded person. And then they call you Maria Maka, Ellen White. Some will say you are a mediocre and they will laugh you to scorn. And when you choose to go into Sabbath reform, oh no, that's the one they hate the most. What do you mean? Are you telling me I shouldn't cook on Sabbath? What are you trying to say? You extremist, you fanatic. All of us will go to heaven in the end. And then they start to call you names, oh you league of extraordinary gentlemen and gentle ladies sabbatarian and when you go to social reform and say oh look at this one you are you a virgin all of us are the same pastor holy holy 
they will say all those kind of things and when you go to educational reform they're like oh you are mediocre you didn't go to school just because you are learning differently from them they'll tell you you won't make it in life unless you are like us unless you have the certificates we have whereas they many of them have certificates and they're sitting down in their houses these words will be spoken by the people who represent the hidden today and make no mistake this is a mistake that many of us make we forget that these so-called hidden are in our houses they are our friends they are brothers they are sisters they are parents sometimes they are husbands sometimes and our wives sometimes so don't make any mistake into thinking that sanbalat is out there they are our church members sometimes they will speak these words and they are well calculated to bring about discouragement to them so also will those who are faithless try to bring discouragement to those who embark on the work of reform today ridicule scorn and mockery what do we do with it conflict and courage page 266 paragraph 2 but taunts and ridicule opposition and threats seemed only to inspire nehemiah with a firmer determination and to arouse him to greater watchfulness he recognized the dangers that must be met in this warfare with their enemies but his courage was undaunted we made our prayer unto god he declares and set our watch against them day and night end of quote you set a watch against those who come against you in mockery threats and ridicule you pray to god those are the two things pray and watch pray and watch he didn't just pray alone but he did something and he got a trumpeter to also tell him when they are coming you know earlier we talked about knowing your threats and your risks nehemiah was able to do that and he had someone around him who he had said your job is to check the risk ensure that when the threat is coming we are aware and we will do something to avert it now apart from building the walls of jerusalem in our lives and taking away sin and reforming there's still the work i have mentioned earlier of embarking on the work for god a project whether it's an educational project or an evangelistic one any of it when you are doing this work you have to check your risks you have to have a business analyst there who is checking these things and you yourself should analyze it be that trumpet and be sure that you are knowing when the threat is coming and you do something to avert it that was what nehemiah did continuing from nehemiah chapter 4 verse 6 now he says so we built the wall and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof for the people had a mind to work but it came to pass that when sanballat and tobiah and the arabians and the ammonites and the ashdodites you see the enemies have increased now heard that the walls of jerusalem were made up oh my praise the lord the walls have been made up all the reforms are coming back up and that the breaches began to be stopped then they were very rot what does it mean for the walls to be made up in other words i have now closed myself from the enemy now i want to focus inward i know where the evil was coming from and i'm now blocking it i'm taking away the movies and the music and the bad friends evil communication of all kinds that corrupted my good manners they are now blocked now i want to study the word of god to start changing my life tobias and sanballat and the ammonites and the Azudites were offended why because the walls were built up make no mistake people will be offended with you by the time you stop um allowing those things that bring about corruption into your life when you stop allowing them people will be offended of all people the devil of all will be offended he's very angry with it and then goes on to say in verse 8 they were very wroth 
and conspired all of them together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. So from mockery now, they are threatening to go violent. They are threatening to do something physical. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. And Judah said, the strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed and there is much rubbish so that we are not able to build the wall. What do you do when after some time of reform, then the law of diminishing return starts to set in. The people were now tired. They started with such zeal, but now they say their strength is failing. Little by little, they are questioning the reforms. Are we sure we can continue in this thing? Verse 11 says, And our adversary said, They shall not know, neither see, till we come in the midst among them and slay them and cause the work to cease. So people are going to be giving you stories of other people who have tried to build and how it didn't work out. They're going to be telling you, Look, it's only a short while I'm going to give up this thing. Just watch and see. We're going to come against you. You're not going to succeed in this thing you are doing. And the thing is making your strength to fail. And they're telling you, when it happens to you, you will not know. Neither will you see. You're not going to marry a husband or a wife because of this thing you are doing. And then your strength starts to fail. Verse 12 says, And it came to pass that when the Jews which dwelt by them came, they said unto us ten times from all places, these are Jews now, church members, who dwelt by them. That is, these are church members who used to stay with Sambalat and Tobias and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites. These are people in your church, but yet the world has more weight on them than the word of God. They came and were saying to these people, Ten times from all places when you shall return unto us, they will be upon you. You will not succeed. Stop this reform you are doing. Therefore set I in the lower places behind the wall, and on the higher places, I even set the people after their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. Amen. So Nehemiah was no joker here. As, they, as the matter became very serious and it came to a matter of violence, oh, in anger, those people said they were going to attack them. You are causing division. You must be crazy. You are a fanatic, extremist, a zealous bigot. What do we say to such people? We would attack. That's what he says. He took his sword, the spear, and the bow. What does that represent for us? Show us from the scripture that I am in error. That's what we are saying. That's what we say to such people. Show us from the scripture that I am in error. Because calling someone a bigot, a fanatic, or an extremist is not an argument. You are just trying to shame them into coming out of what they are doing. And shaming is a devilish tactic. You know, when you study business management and corporate management and all they tell you one way to get your employees to do what you want when you have tried other means and it's not working you can try and shame them that's kicking below the belt and that is not to be done by any godly person simply reason with people and when reason fails that's when people start to go into shaming bigots all those names it's not an argument the thing is that when debate is lost slander becomes a tool of the enemy and they start to slander. As a rule, when you see that someone is not willing to discuss with you, but resorts to name-calling, just know that that person has lost it. These names are called to work on your emotions, to make you feel ashamed and make you try to prove to them that you are not what they called you, not the names that you are being referred to. Oh, I'm an extremist and you feel bad. Let me show them I'm not an extremist. Let me start conforming. Don't let them shame you. Don't let anybody shame you into stopping the work of reform. 
tell them to show you from the scriptures that you are in error and if they cannot prove it continue in the way you are going these names should not work on your emotion and even the anger anger is not reason reason with me if you cannot reason with me then you can go there's no need to use anger to work on someone's emotions and you shouldn't let anger and threat to make you stop the work of reform don't let it get to you rather realize that this name calling attitude and the threats and the anger of the people is only a weakness on their part for them to have resorted to that strategy it shows you that they are weak they don't have an argument if they did now you tell me if somebody really could show from the word of god that their own position is right Will they have to go angry? Will they have to call you names? They will just go straight to the word of God and show you this is what the word of God says. You are in error. But because they lack it, then they go into all these devilish, satanic tactics. If they could show, they will not kick below the belt by name calling and using emotional tactics. But when we are attacked by the Sambalats and Tobiases and Gershons of today, we must have our sword and our bows ready with our spears. And put on the whole armor of God and defend ourselves as Nehemiah did. Testimonies, Volume 3, page 572, paragraph 1 and 2. It says, In this case, a spirit of hatred and opposition to the Hebrews formed the bond of union and created a mutual sympathy among the different bodies of men who might otherwise have warred with one another. This well illustrates what we frequently witness in our day in the existing union of men of different denominations to oppose present truth, men whose only bond seems to be that which is dragonic in its nature, manifesting bitterness and hatred against the remnant who keep the commandments of God. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. We are in constant danger of becoming self-sufficient, relying upon our own wisdom and not making God our strength. Nothing disturbs Satan so much as our knowledge of his devices. Hear this. Nothing disturbs Satan so much as our knowledge of his devices. If we feel our dangers, we shall feel the need of prayer. Have I not been saying that? You must know your risks and your threats and your dangers. It will drive you to prayer, as did Nehemiah. And like him, we shall obtain that sure defense that will give us security in peril. Continuing the reading, if we are careless and indifferent, we shall surely be overcome by Satan's devices. We must be vigilant. While like Nehemiah, we resort to prayer, taking all our perplexities and our burdens to God, we should not feel that we have nothing to do. We are to watch as well as pray. We should watch the work of our adversaries, lest they gain advantage in deceiving souls. We should, in the wisdom of Christ, make efforts to defeat their purposes, while at the same time, we do not suffer them to call us from our great work. Truth is stronger than error. Righteousness will prevail over wrong. End of quote. So what do we learn from here? We must not be ignorant of our threats. We must not be ignorant of the tactics and the strategy of our enemies. And who is our enemy? Satan. 
It's not the humans, those are just his agents. And the Bible is what we will use to know that. In the work of reform, we must study the word of God and the spirit of prophecy to know how the enemy works, to not be ignorant of his devices and how it is revealed in the practical term and in the human sphere, what he plans spiritually and how he manifest it in humans towards us one of it we are seeing here is mockery another one is threat tomorrow we'll see more but these tactics we must know how to meet them and the emotional games he plays so that it does not make us to stop the work of reform especially these emotional games and the fears that he puts in the mind to make us think that we cannot finish this work don't let it get to you it is just his satanic tactics to stop you from doing what you want to do do you know what you are doing do you know how important that work is why is satan coming against you when you want to do the work of reform i'll tell you why because this work nehemiah was doing was preparatory for the first coming of jesus 490 years were given to them to prepare you also the work you are doing is preparatory for the second coming of jesus jesus will not come until there's a people on this earth reflecting perfectly the image of jesus and this work of reform the end of it the purpose of it is to bring you to a position where you are like christ and that is the death nail for for satan he knows that once there are people who can do that it spells his doom and that's why the bible says in the book of revelation chapter 12 reading verse 16 17 it tells us about how the dragon which is satan was angry with the woman which is the church of god which ones not the fake ones not the apostate church but described in verse 17 as the one who keeps the commandment of god and the faith of jesus what is the commandment of god it is the standard of the reform that is the standard of reform all reform comes from the law that is where the reform comes from. And when you, the church of God, the remnant of Israel, chooses to go back to that commandment of reform, the devil comes against you because you are the one that will spell his doom. You are preparing for the second coming of Jesus. You are doing the greatest work ever committed to man. And all heaven is by your side, so you shouldn't be afraid, but you should follow God with us wherever he goeth. Study his word. That is your safeguard, the scriptures. That is the only thing that can protect you with all the sophistry and the enchantments and the trouble that Satan can create. There's one thing that will always destroy him. Like Martin Luther said, the word of God will fail him. The word of God will destroy him. You have no other defense than the scriptures. So continue following the scriptures and you will be protected. Not just in knowing what God asks you to do in your life, but in studying the tactics of the devil so that you can be wary of it and prevent yourself from falling into it. Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 14, Nehemiah says, And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, Be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord which is great and terrible and fight for your brethren your sons and your daughters your wives and your houses amen and this is the response of faith that we are talking about this is the response that we must give today we must say our god shall fight for us for god is in the work and no man can prevent its ultimate success and then what followed nehemiah 4 reading from verse 16 says and it came to pass 
from that time forth that the half of my servants wrought in the work and the other half of them held both the spears, the shields and the bows and the harbingers and the rulers were behind all the house of Judah, they which builded on the wall and they that bear burdens with those that laded every one with one of his hands wrought in the work and with the other held a weapon amen for the builders everyone had his sword girded by his side and so builded and he that sounded the trumpet was by me and i said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people the work is great and large and we are separated upon the wall one far from another in what place therefore you hear the sound of the trumpet resort ye thither unto us our god shall fight for us so we labored in the work and half of them held the spears from the rising of the morning till the stars appeared likewise at the same time said i unto the people let every one with his servant lodge within jerusalem that in the night they may be a guard to us and labor on the day so neither i nor my brethren nor my servants nor the men of the guard which followed me none of us put off our clothes saving that everyone puts them off for washing amen we never put off our clothes that is the strategy never put off your clothes and never drop the armor sleep with the armor and wake with it work with it everywhere you go let not your armor down let not your guard down because the enemy is on your track every time and what is this armor ephesians 6 reading for verse 12 for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places wherefore take unto you the whole armor of god that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with the truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints and for me that utterance may be given unto me that i may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel amen so what is the lesson we learn on the strategy while we continue the work of reform we must be together Nehemiah said, we are far from one another. Some, we know each other, we are doing our reforms. Some are in this part of the country, others are in another country, but we can still work together. At the sound of the trumpet, what does the sound of the trumpet? The giving of the trumpet, a setting sound. Do you remember that? Isaiah 58 from verse 1, it says, cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet. Ezekiel was told to give the trumpet a setting sound. In other words, at the preaching of the word of God, we all will know 
We need to come together and hear the faithful preaching of the word of God that we may be protected from the threats of the enemy. It is under the faithful preaching of the word of God that we receive our defense. And having received that, we are protected and we go back to work holding the armor, the spear in one hand and then in the other hand continuing with our secular labor. Anywhere you go to, in your office, in your home, always have the armor. Do not let your guard down for the enemy is on your track wanting to make you stop this work of reform that the Lord has committed to you. And do not let your zeal to flag after some time and then you get tired. No, you must be encouraged. Pray and work. Pray and work and our God will fight for us and we will continue this work and finish it to the end and no one will stop it. May the grace of God be upon you as you continue the work of reform and as you also invite others into this work. Let us pray. Thank you loving Father for giving us an insight as to how we are to watch and pray as we build Jerusalem in our own hearts. Please, Lord, strengthen us. Help us to know how to wield the sword and all the armors you've given to us, the faith that is above every other weapon of war. I pray, Father, that you will help us to know how to use that shield. Please, Father, help us that no, nothing people say, whether in mockery or threat or ridicule, will so get to our emotions that we will leave off the building of the walls of Jerusalem in our lives. Help us, Lord, not to be affected by these things, but to continue as we have begun. Give us grace, Lord, to finish that which we have started. And for those who have not started, I pray, Father, keep touching the hearts by your Spirit that we may see the necessity of this work of reform to change our lives and come in line with the Lord. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Jesus, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The world behind me. Cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, no turning back, no turning back.
Turn.